funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. Silver Screen video with your host Jonathan and Jacob. I know this is late, but we have a reason. I almost died in a hotel room from being sick. So that's why. So it's a good reason, I feel. Uh, and Jacob can attest to that. I'm not lying. So He's lying, folks. He's exaggerating like he always does. He did almost texting- die. Jacob about hallucinations and my eyeballs being on fire because of my fever. Uh, what mainly, kind of hallucinations I just were you having. I don't really want to get into that, but um, <laughs> what do you mean get mainly, into that? This is the people want to know what kind of hallucinations were you having? Was it you know did Humphrey uh, Bogart let, come uh, smoke a cigarette with you? You know what happened? Let's let's say they were unpleasant and leave it at that. Oh, um, boy. <laughs> so so I'm stuck in this hotel room in Seattle by myself. Uh, my eyeballs are just like two flaming suns and, uh, yeah, it was, it was bad folks. So anyway, I got back home and I was still sick. So, uh, here we are last week. We planned to miss as our long-term listeners know, or even people who just listened to the weekend a uh, week before we did plan to miss. We did not want to make this late. Cause this is our big top 10 seventies. So we are excited about this, but, uh, but yeah, so we do have a good reason. But aside from that, Jacob, New York's on fire. So what are you doing? <laughs> well, right now I'm, uh, I'm trying to figure out how to conquer Arrakis, the desert planet, and uh, make it my home. Um, okay, so, okay. So I can mine the spice or something? I don't know. I never read Dune. I just saw the first one. So um, I just I don't know much about it. I just want to be like the rich family that controls everything and has slaves and not the other people. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that's... <laughs> I mean, hopefully, you know, hopefully... Yeah, that's who you want to be. Um, yeah, I don't know how it'll shake out up here. I don't know. I don't know which cast I'll end up in, but uh, <laughs> I'm very excited to see how it turns out. Very excited to, uh, yeah, figure out what part of the post-apocalyptic social hierarchy I'll land in. Um, but yeah, other than that, things are great. <laughs> things are great up here. Well, it's funny because I would offer to be, oh man, if it gets too smoky, come on down to Florida. But then it's like, nah, I'm pretty sure like they're expecting super mega hurricanes because of El Nino and all that shit. So um may not be the best thing to be down here either. So also I think I follow uh someone gay on Twitter, so I don't think I'm technically allowed in the state. Is that right? That is true. That is true. This thing things are getting weird down here. Uh I uh I, I don't like it, but um yeah, it's Florida. I mean, Florida already sucked. I think that it got more hate than it deserved before. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, nah, we've earned it. Yeah, so. no, that's true, actually. Like, when people, like, I feel like a few years ago, yeah, it was like, oh, Florida, Florida, whatever. And it's like, you know, Florida's not that bad. Everybody calm down. Like, it's not like we're fucking Mississippi or, you know, I don't know, Wyoming or whatever, Arkansas or some shit. Like, at least we have beaches and stuff. And now... It's like, wow, we're finally starting to live up to that reputation, you know? Now it's like, come on down to the book burning and <laughs> come on down to uh, you not being allowed to exist because of uh, what you are. So it's great. It's great. Be- belly up to the book burning. Get your, your, get your nice cup of black rifle coffee and uh, here's your firearm. 
you know. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I'm just expecting somebody to kick my door down and start taking literature off my bookshelf. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're like, "Wait a minute, you've got a bunch of guns and a bookshelf. Guess which one we're here for?" <laughs> yeah, it'll be. Anyway. Yeah, people will be confused. Um, yeah, the book police will be confused. Be like, "You have guns. Why do you have books too?" Yeah, do do you shoot the books? Um, <laughs> That's what you tell them. Be like, no, 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 these are for target practice. No, 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 yeah, this Shakespeare, I love shooting this Shakespeare. It's fantastic. Um, by, by the way, I saw a I saw a YouTube video of a conservative guy who bought like I don't know, like twenty cases of Bud Light to use as target practice, and it's like, dude, you just bought twenty cases of Bud Light. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, care. it's like they don't it's care like what you Kid use Rock them for. Yeah, it's like when Kid Rock did that. It's like, Kid, how much, Mr. Kid, how much did you spend on that Bud Light just to shoot it up? And then how much ammo did you spend to blast it? Like, it's just, this is, this is fantastic. Right, right. Yeah. It's, it's like, it, but it's the same bullshit when people burn their Nikes or burn jerseys. It's like, motherfucker, they already got the money. They don't right, care. They do what not you care do what you do with it. Yeah, they don't care what you do with it. You can wipe your ass with it for all they care, you know? But anyway. Enough about how Florida sucks and New York is on fire. Top 10 70s. So it's been a while since we did one of these guys. So the way we do it is Jacob has 10. He is putting up. I have 10. I'm putting up. We will discuss some movies that didn't make our list, but I'm going to limit myself on that because I started off with about 23 or 22 movies and trimmed it down to 10. So it is, it's tough. It was, this was, this was one of the tougher lists that I've had to make, uh, although the nineties was really difficult, but, uh, anyway, let's, let's jump into it. How do you want to do it? You want to discuss some that didn't make our list or you just want to make, like, just make the list and discuss them as we move. I think we just jump into it. You know, I think we just start nominating things and start placing them, you know, because I actually don't think you, you, you mentioned this, um, when you talked about explaining it, what we do is we basically, have a bunch of nominated films, you know, we, we make sure we nominate 10 films, uh, from each other's, you know, like we, we, we both make two, two top 10 lists and those become our nominations. And then we kind of, we kind of fight out and, and discuss and figure out, uh, our definitive top 10 list, uh, that is representative of the silver screen video, the top 10 official top 10 movies of the seventies. And that can include, Movies that we kind of nominated on our ten on our on our individual list, uh, movies that we just think of randomly, um, you know. So yeah, it, it let's just let's just start plowing into it, man. Just naming movies and trying to trying to figure out where they go on the official silver screen video top ten movies of the seventies list. Okay, well, I'm gonna throw one out there because, like, as you got uh, long term listeners with with our Western episodes and, and a sci-fi top 10, 90s top 10. There are movies where one of us will bring up where we'll like, okay, I'm going to like, I'm just going to, I'll bow out. I understand this is like a personal favorite. Um, so I don't, it doesn't have to be on the list. This, I, this movie off my list has to be on the top 10. Uh, I'm hoping you will agree. Uh, Rocky. Rocky is on my top 10. And uh, I think it deserves to be on top 10 70s. Like, I don't even care if it's number 10. I'm fine with that. I think it's got to be on the list. What do you think? Okay. No, I'm fine with that. Let's uh, let's slot Rocky in at number 10, and uh, we'll just go from there. And if it gets kicked off, we'll argue about it when the time comes. But no, I think 
I think Rocky is worthy of inclusion. Um, I don't think it would be on my top 10 personally, because honestly, I kind of like the sequels better. Are any, do, did any of the sequels come out in the seventies? Uh, let me see. Rocky two. Let me see what the Rocky two release date was, but I, I'm just going to just allow that, um, to be, yeah. Rocky two is 1979. I, we could say Rocky one and two, but when people tell me that, Oh no, I prefer the sequel or something. It, it, it drives me insane. The original Rocky is perfection on screen. I don't understand. Don't get me wrong. I love all of them and Rocky two is fantastic. But the original Rocky is perfect to me. Like it is, it is a perfect movie. You know, I, I, the original Rocky, I, th- I think, is better than any of the sequels. But like when it comes to personal favorites, you know, two and four are 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 my personal favorites. But also, you you kind of bring up a, an interesting point, kind of by proxy. You know, and this is not. I don't think there's a definitive answer to this, but. You know, are we doing favorites or are we doing what we think the best movies of the 70s are? And I think the answer to that, or at least my answer to that, is kind of both. You know, I don't know. I guess we'll. we'll I'm doing both. No, I'm glad you said that. I'm doing both because typically uh, we've talked about this on the podcast in the past with a lot of different movies we've discussed. And it's like sometimes the favorite isn't the best. And And I always use the easiest example is Scorsese. My favorite is is, uh, Goodfellas, but his best is Raging Bull. Like, so, so like there, there, there's always a difference. What I did was I, I put on some favorites. I put on some that I think are truly like not just top 10 of the seventies, but have a conversation and like some of the greatest movies ever made, but also rewatchability. That's really what allowed me to narrow my list down more was okay. when I started with such a big list, I was like, how, how much can I rewatch this? Like what? So that's how I had to get because my list was, it was too big, like obviously for, for a top 10. So that's kind of how I did it. Well, let me throw, let me throw two movies at you. Okay. And I know we're, I know we're kind of going out of order, maybe going back and forth, but let me throw two movies at you. Oh no, that's I, fine. Let's get into it. I think there's a, I, I think I think it's instructive because of what we're talking about, right? Because so one of the movies is a movie that we've talked about on this podcast quite a few times, simply because of its uh, placement on the most recent sight and sound list. But is the Chantal Ackerman movie Jean Delmon, uh, Jean Delmon twenty three acquired du commerce, you know, whatever. Um, you know, I I think uh, from nineteen seventy five, of course, I think that is. I, th- I think it's one of the best movies of the seventies, if not of all time. However, uh, a, th- a three and a half hour movie about uh, a woman doing chores is never going to be in my own personal favorite top 10 list. You know what I mean? It- it's kind of like all the way on one side of like, if there's a dichotomy of, or if, if there's a spectrum of great and favorite, it's going to be all the way over on great. Right. Um, Whereas something like Apocalypse Now, I think, is not one of my favorites, but that to me is a movie that strikes dead in the center of great and favorite. Right. Because it's not completely my favorite movie, but it's not completely, oh, I'm just appreciating it because it's a great movie of the 70s. Because there are some amazing, I mean, especially the opening with the Ride of the Valkyries. I mean, dude, that. 
if I was going to make a best scenes of the seventies list, that might be top two. Right. Um, but does that make sense? Jean Delmont feels like, yeah, I would include it in a great, but it's not enough of a favorite for me to include it. Apocalypse now seems like it kind of hits in both camps. I don't know. What are your thoughts on, on those two as, as far as inclusion in the list? Uh, I agree about uh, Jean Delmont. Like I, I understand the greatness, but that to me would fall to it's not my favorite and it's not rewatchable. Mm, so right. for me, it falls out if I'm like, cause I'm like when I made my top 10, clearly it was like my favorite and what I consider the best for the most part of the seventies. So it didn't make it neither did apocalypse. Now, now apocalypse now much more rewatchable. It's beautiful. There's some great scenes in it. Great performances. But not only is it not one of my favorites of the 70s, it's just not one of my favorite war movies because there's so many different cuts. Mm. And like, I'm just, I, I get bogged down with it the same way I get bogged down with like Blade Runner, where it's like, there's so many different versions. And I would just rather watch a war movie I like more. I would rather watch Platoon than Apocalypse Now kind of thing. Really? Um, yeah, like I just there are certain war movies that I like much more, not even in the 70s, just in general. Like so Apocalypse Now, I would put in my war movie category in my brain and like I'd rather watch Black Hawk Down, Platoon, Saving Private Ryan. I'd rather watch movies like that than Apocalypse Now. But that's not me not recognizing his greatness. And it's also not me saying I don't want it on the top 10. That's just my personal feelings on it. Let me tell you, for me, Apocalypse Now, because I rewatched it because um, I wanted to watch the most recent cut, which is supposedly the final cut. Who knows? Um, I wanted to watch the most recent cut and I wanted to watch it in 4K. So I, I watched it, I think, maybe a year ago or something. I don't know if I ever talked about it on the podcast, but um, the movie really falls off a cliff once we run into uh, Marlon Brando. Like... I mean, really, like up until then, it is a really tight knit, just, I mean, war action movie. I mean, them on that boat, you know, and it, it obviously, you know, Heart of Darkness is the inspiration there. And like, it, it's it's like an, a faithful updating of that. And like I said, the scenes with the ride of the Valkyries, I mean, still absolutely slaps like it's 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 so incredible. He makes and I know this is, you know quote-unquote bad but he makes war look like the fucking funnest thing that's ever happened you know like like no i agree he really gets the blood pumping but when kurtz shows up man it's just like it feels like fucking three hours of marlon brando just kind of whispering in the dark and then the water buffalo gets like cut in half and like the movie just falls off a cliff for me so for me I think that's why I don't I don't know if I would have Apocalypse Now in there because I just some of those big iconic parts at the end with Kurtz and Brando or Brando as Kurtz, I should say, um, it just didn't do anything for me. It's like the movie doesn't know how to end, you know, which is fine. And I think it's a great movie, but I don't know. For me, it's not it's not going to be top 10 material. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like it's it's it, and you know, it's the same thing that I run into with with even like full metal jacket that I love. Mm. It's like, it falls off a cliff when they get to Vietnam to me. Yeah. That's like a it's good the point. same story. Um, and also just like with deer hunter, which we've recently discussed, like deer hunter was so it was like a hangout movie, 
And then it gets to Vietnam and it's like, what the, like, it was such a hard transition. I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of movies kind of thought that was a good idea at the time. Yeah. To just and kind of just, immerse us in Vietnam chaos. And it's like, yeah, but you got to do something here. You got to, you got to make a movie at the end of the day, you know? Yeah. It just doesn't work. So, um, do we want to put a pin in apocalypse now? Or do we, or do you, are you saying it has to be on the top 10? No, I'm saying I think we can disregard it personally. I mean, if we're, again, we're making a move, we're making a list that's personal to the silver screen video. I say we, it doesn't belong, you know? Hey, sounds good to me. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it. Uh, now I'm going to bring up a movie that's on both of our top tens. Mm-hmm. And I, and I a hundred percent agree clearly because it's on mine. Jaws. Hmm. Question is, where would Jaws be? Uh, you have it. Actually, this is funny. We both have it in the same spot uh, on our top tens. We both have it at number four. Hey, pretty good place for it. Let's stick it there. Yeah, that's really. I didn't realize that until just now. That's really interesting. We both have it at number four. So okay. Yeah, we've talked about Jaws pretty recently. I mean, Jaws is Jaws is damn near perfect, man. I mean, you talk about a movie that holds up. It beyond holds up. Like. It's uh... man, Jaws is one of those movies, man. And, and I've talked about it on here. And like you said, we've talked about Jaws. So we don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but it's one of those movies where it blows my mind. The 180 that I did mm. like for, for so many years, I didn't like the shining. I thought it was overrated. I didn't get it. And then it just clicked a handful of years ago and it became like, no, I have to watch this like every six months. What the fuck was I thinking? And then with Jaws, I used to be like, this sucks. It's overrated. Then we did that rewatch and I just talked about how great it was. Like I've watched it twice since then. It is a fucking brilliant movie. Just absolutely brilliant. Yeah. It's one of those things. It's like, it's, you know, cause you have those kind of cliched great movies, you know, I think deer hunter, you know, that we talked about is one of them, but like Jaws is one of the ones that just, like I said, it beyond holds up. I mean, every beat, every, you know, the more the more movies you watch, the more you learn to appreciate Spielberg's visual inventiveness, even back then. And like, I guess he was just fucking born with it, you know, like in the Fablemans. But like, um, yeah, at Jaws is just man. Honestly, I, w- I wouldn't complain with Jaws being a few slots higher, depending on what else we do. But I think we should leave it at four for now. Yeah, I, I mean, I think we we both pretty much agree. Our top two slots are the number three is going to be the fight, I think. But our top two slots are pretty much decided. I, I feel we we both have the same top two, which we'll get to. But that's not going to surprise anyone. All we do is we have them flip. Boy, that's let's get to it now. I mean, okay, like I, I I've talked about we've talked about this in the podcast numerous times. Uh, we both I thought you thought this, but you flipped it, which is fine. Taxi Driver is the best movie of the seventies, in my opinion. Like there, mm. there's not really an argument to be made. And, and to me, the only thing that makes it to where I'm not being biased about Scorsese is it's endlessly more rewatchable to me than Godfather one or two. So really you have, yeah, you have Godfather one and two as number one. Cause guys, we decided to do the sequel together, which we could do the same thing for Rocky one and two. I'm fine with that. Either way, you have that as number one and Taxi Driver is number two. I have Taxi Driver as number one. Godfather's one and two is number two. Yeah, I dude, I've watched Taxi Driver so many more times than than Godfather. But that's just me. I'm just saying to me, it's much more rewatchable. Wow, that 
I'm not going to say that's shocking to me, but it, well, it kind of is. I mean, cause I love taxi driver and I think it's very rewatchable, but I, I mean, I feel like Godfather's and Godfather one and two were two of the most rewatchable movies ever made. I mean, like Godfather, it's just like, Oh, w- w- what's happening right now? Oh, Michael's uh, in the hospital with his dad. Okay. I'm in, you know, I'm watching the rest of this. You yeah. Know, what like, sounds more interesting? What's happening right now? Oh, De Niro is taking uh, taking a woman to a porn theater for a date. <laughs> like, what De Niro is is training in his apartment to assassinate a government official. Like, look, I'm sorry, that sounds like much more fun to me. Look, I, hey, I've got nothing bad to say about Taxi Driver, man. I actually rewatched it um, a couple weeks ago in preparation for this episode, and dude, just from that opening where he is trying to talk to that movie theater clerk and she's like security <laughs> dude well, like it, it, the it, movie gets funnier i feel like at like the older the, the further we get from that cultural moment like de niro is like de niro is the the og incel man it's so funny and good well it's it's funny you mentioned that because i don't want to get too bogged down with this but i just listened to paul schrader on mark Barron's podcast and it was fantastic. It was just 60 minutes of Schrader just being a genius. And they talked about Taxi Driver. And, and and yeah, he was like, yeah, he was like the original incel. And the interesting thing about his character was like, you shouldn't be surprised when he takes uh, Sybil Shepherd, right? That, that was mm-hmm. the love interest. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be surprised when he takes her to a porn theater because that's, he thinks that's okay. Like, He's doing things that he thinks are okay because of how fucking crazy he is. <laughs> and there's just something so great about that. Uh, and, and it's like, to me, like, that's why anybody that talks about how much, and, and, and I'm not trying to take a shot here. I just, I don't like it. But uh, anybody that talks about how much they love uh, Joker with, with Joaquin Phoenix and all that, it's like, no, just go watch Taxi Driver. You're going to get a better New York. You're going to get a better movie and you're going to get a better leading character like well obviously i mean i just i I fucking hate dude i i every time i think about the comparisons people drew to taxi driver as if taxi driver was just some fucking movie that was made in the 70s that joker was just like yeah yeah they pulled a lot of inspiration and did this and did that like better and it's like it's just nails on a chalkboard to me that's true i mean yeah it's true i mean on a certain level it's like it takes a lot of inspiration from Citizen Kane. It's like, okay, everybody calm down, you know? <laughs> so yeah. I guess, where's the argument going to be? Like, I'm I'm okay. As long as Taxi Driver is in the top two, if you are adamant that Godfather 1 and 2 is more rewatchable and needs to be number one, like, I'm not going to fight. Well, I'm kind of, I, I, I'm, I'm flexible too, honestly. Like I'm here, if, if we were separating the movies and I know you disagree with this, but if I, if we were separating the movies, I would rank them, uh, Godfather one, taxi driver, Godfather two, because I'm not one of those people who think two is better than one. I understand it. I, I understand why people say that. And I even may tend to agree with you if I literally am five minutes after I just finished two. But for me, one will always be the perfect movie. I mean, I I love how there's almost no artistic pretension in Godfather 1. Like, whereas Godfather 2, it's like, oh, he's telling a story about America and it's epic. And it's like, okay, all right, I understand it. Maybe it's the greater movie, whatever. But at the end of the day, Godfather 1 is like a three hour long 
just blockbuster, man. The characters are so good. It's so conventionally entertaining in a way that probably none of the rest of the movies on this list are, honestly, like, except for maybe Jaws. Like, I just, I just love Godfather one so much. It's so perfectly crafted. And I know that's a cliche, but it's, it's true. It's a, it's a fucking perfect movie. Um, so I don't know. How do we settle it? I mean, I'm, I'm honestly cool with either. If taxi driver, if you want taxi driver to be one, but, but I think combining Godfather one and two, if we are going to do that, and I think we should, because it would suck to just have two Godfathers in the top 10. Then I think it has to be number one. Cause you're talking about those two movies together. You know? Yeah, I agree. I mean, because I definitely don't want Godfather taking up two slots. So I'm fine with slotting it as one and putting that as number one. Okay. All right. So Godfather one and two is one. Taxi Driver is two. Okay, so I owe you one. I owe you one uh moving forward. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna cash that in pretty soon. Oh no. Um <laughs> So let's talk about another one just to get it out of the way. That's on both of our top 10. Once again, same list position, which I find to be really interesting. Star Wars is both of our number nines. And before we hear any groaning from our listeners, yes, we understand this is Star Wars, but you cannot deny the fact the original Star Wars is one of the most important movies ever made in Hollywood and hands down one of the best movies made in the 70s. And I would make the argument of all time if we were doing that kind of list. I don't know where it would fall, but it'd be fairly high on my list. So I, I'm good with it at nine, if you are. I am too. I'm, I'm good with it at nine. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I, I'm not delusional enough or, or or as much of a Star Wars fan to be like, you know, it's top five greatest movie ever made. But it's it's similar to Raiders of the Lost Ark or or, or Jaws even these movies are really, really like uh, they're famous for a reason. I mean, you go watch the original star Wars and try not to have a smile on your face, you know? And if you can, if you can possibly erase the next 30 years of 30 years, the next 50 years of cultural baggage, um, you know, Godspeed. uh, But you'll be able to enjoy it a lot more. If you can try to do that, try to put yourself in that mindset of being like, now, this is just a weird 70s space movie. And when you think about it like that, it fucking owns. It's, it still does. You know, even in the updated special effects version, whatever, whatever. Um, it's still it's still great. It's still a great movie. So I'm cool with number nine if you are. You're, you're yeah, cool I mean, with putting it ahead of Rocky. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, that's fine. Because, like, like I, it has to be on the list. And, and, I, and I understand that... Um, my love for Rocky, it's it's definitely like if if Rocky ends up not making the list, I'll understand because like it's one of those situations that's very reminiscent of like our tombstone situation whenever we were making our favorite westerns. Mm. Uh to where it's like, I mean, look, I, I get it that some people may not love it that much, as much as me, like this personal love for it. So we'll see where we end up because we've got some big ones to get through still. So well, let me tell you, let me tell you my, let me tell you my feelings on Rocky. Okay. Just briefly, you know, Rocky one is almost a completely different kind of movie than the sequels, like especially the really good ones, like two and four. And I feel like two and four are just so such good, solid, entertaining popcorn movies. Whereas Rocky one is more of like a, 
low key kind of um, 70s character piece. Right. And when I think about it like that, I think, well, there are probably about five to 10 other 70s character pieces that I tend to like more than Rocky as a 70s character piece. Does that make sense? Like five easy pieces. Is it a better movie than Rocky? Probably not. But like I I would probably prefer it as a character piece. You know what I mean? Now, as pure entertainment, give me two and four all day long. So, you know what I mean? It feels like it's Rocky one is almost like the awkward, the awkward child or something, you know? Well, I do understand. And I that's why I do like Rocky more because of that exact reason, like a character study of, of like more of a down to earth drama opposed mm-hmm. to like just a slugfest, you know, mm-hmm. but that was a good segue you just made because five easy pieces, no coincidence, is number five on my list. Mm. So what do you think about five easy pieces? And it's not on your list. So is it top 10 material? You know, I mean, I don't know. Make your I, case for it. We did a revisit of this and talked about it um, a couple months ago. And as I said, then it kind of blew my mind with how layered it was. It had been a while since I rewatched it. And this is the, this is one of two Nicholson movies in my top 10. I once again, later in life came to have a much deeper appreciation for Nicholson than I had growing up. Mm. Um, I did not appreciate his talents when I was watching like a few good men and, and uh, Five Easy Pieces, One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest, movies like that. I didn't appreciate his talents as much then as I do now. And Five Easy Pieces just honestly blew my mind with how deep and layered it was. And it's one of those ones where it's like, I have more of a personal feel for it. So if it doesn't make our top 10, I could totally understand, but it has to, it had to be on mine just because I just think it's brilliant. Let me say this. Let me say this. And I, I, let's bring two other movies into the conversation here. I, I, unless I'm missing another Nicholson movie. Um, let's bring in Chinatown and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Because... Well, full disclosure then, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is number eight on my list. That's the oh, other one. So Okay. I was Chinatown gonna is on neither of our list. Right. I was, just, I was just bringing it up because it is a 70s classic and it is Nicholson. I think we do have to have a Jack Nicholson movie on here uh, because he is one of the greatest actors to ever do it. And so important to the seventies, you know, Um, because obviously that's, you know, that's when his, his real heyday was. Um, Of the three, I would rather five easy pieces make the list because I think we've talked about how Chinatown, God, I got to watch Chinatown again, because even saying I don't think Chinatown holds up feels wrong. Maybe I should maybe we should I should revisit Chinatown again. Um, Well, I'll actually go and double down of the three that you just named, like the 70s Jack Nicholson movies. mm -hmm. It is the weakest of the three, in my opinion, and it's not even close. And I have no problem saying that. So what about One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? I've always been a little bit in. As far as vibes go, I could not be more opposed to this movie, but I also have also felt like it's kind of overrated. Um, I don't know. Do you, does it have to be in there? What do you think about it? And what do you think about five easy pieces? I don't know. I'm, I guess my thing is I'm cool with slotting five easy pieces in there as, I don't know, let's just say eight for now. And probably it'll probably end up higher, maybe five. And then does another Nicholson movie need to be in there? Do you, are you going to fight hard for one flew over the cuckoo's nest? I don't know. I'm curious what your thoughts. If are. you're, if you're making me pick 
then I'm going to go like, if you're like, I'm going to agree with you so we can have kind of a joint assessment uh, that we agree on, which is five easy pieces. But one floor over the cuckoo's nest is a mind blowing movie. It is a mind blowing book. It is a very special movie. Like just to me personally, I love it. I love the message. Like I know that it's a bit twisted and I know that an insane asylum or whatever, like the term for them is, um, I know that's not the best source material and that's not the best hangout kind of thing. I know you're really into vibes, totally understand it, but there is just something incredible about one floor over the cuckoo's nest. That is one of the movies that I revisited that I wanted to revisit for this episode. I did it a, a few days ago and, uh, it was, it's just still brilliant. Like the fishing scene is brilliant. That the scene when he's basically trying to start a riot because he wants to watch the baseball game. I mean, the ending is so kind of crushing, but kind of confusing and leaves you like, I don't know. It just leaves you in a weird headspace. But having said all that, I get it. Like if five easy pieces ends up on this list and one floor of the cuckoo's nest doesn't, I'm not going to argue. Cause I understand the, I understand the logic. Okay. Uh, well, let's do one floor of the cuckoo's nest as a, as a, as a close 11 maybe. And if, if we, if we don't fill the list out, we'll, we'll try to find a spot for it, but I, I'm, I'm cool with, um, I'm cool with that. If you are, I don't want to, I don't want to leave it out if it's, if it's an essential for you. Um, Oh no, I'm fine. Cause like, like there's a couple, there, there's one in particular that I would fight harder for that we'll get to that has to be on the top 10. That oh, I think boy. I'm going to get a little pushback for. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> is it Clockwork Orange? We'll get to it. Okay, um, let's do it now. No, no, no. I want to talk about. I want to talk about uh, one that's not on my list, or like not one that doesn't. Um, okay. That's not on both of our lists. One on your. You actually have a few that are way different from mine, and I want to dive into one of those. We just did an episode on Days of Heaven. That's a big movie for you. You talked about how much you loved it. It wasn't really my flavor, which is fine, but it's number, it looks like number six on your list. Like, I know this is a big one for you. So if you want it on this list, let's just pick a place for it now and kind of see where it lands because no, it's I, not my favorite, but I know you love it. No, I'm conceding. I'm conceding days of heaven. I, I you know, we, we did an episode about it. It's clear how much I, th I think it's one of the best movies of the seventies. I think it's, uh terrence malick's best movie etc cetera, etc cetera. um but i don't think it would be representative of 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 the silver screen video to have a malick movie on our 70s list i just don't because you love the 70s and you don't love terrence malick so i would feel kind of i, I don't know i would feel kind of like it, it would not feel representative to have days of heaven on there so I'm i'm completely conceding days of heaven it doesn't have to be on there at all well for those of you that want to hear us talk about it go back and check out our last episode we talk about days of heaven and hard times. Hmm. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, I'm, I mean, I'm fine with that, but I'm also fine with putting it on here. I know you love Malik and I know that, that you're a big, obviously a huge fan of this movie. So I, if it was, I would be it, fine with, it. I would shoehorn a tree of life on like a best of the 2010s. I'd be like, it has to be at least be number 10, but days of heaven. I don't feel the same way about, even though I maybe admire it more, you know? Um, so yeah. Okay. Um, another movie you have on your list that I'm really glad there's actually two movies you have on your list that I'm really glad you put on there just so we could talk about them. That's not on mine. Uh, one of them and both of them literally fell off my list with two slots left. Like these are heavy hitters. 
One of them is Alien. Mm. I love Alien, but you know how you talked about Rocky 2 and Rocky 4, mm-hmm. the way opposed to Rocky? I feel that way about Aliens opposed to Alien. Like, mm, okay. Aliens is just more fun to watch. Like, I, I love the cast and the story and the premise of Alien, but there's just something like if somebody's like, hey, let's watch a Ridley Scott movie. Let's pick like one of the eight, like, like, let's, let's pick it, like, let's watch Alien or, or Aliens. Do you want the, do you want that one or the camera? It's like, I'm always going to pick the camera. Like, that is just a fact. So that's fair. That's fair. And I, I, I don't need to have Alien on mine. You know, I, I, I may actually agree with that. Um, because the original alien has the kind of, <laughs> I feel like this is the way it is with star Wars too. It has that, that with the first star Wars, it has that clunkiness of, we haven't really figured out the mythology yet. You know, like it, it hasn't grown into this big, you know, uh, complete mythology with the Prometheus and all that stuff. And aliens is getting there. And so it feels like a more complete world, you know, um, so I have no objection to that. I have no objection with leaving Alien off. Okay, I'm good with that. I just really just wanted to to at least have it in the conversation. So I'm glad you put it on your list. Yeah, and I would, um, I would probably agree with you. I'd probably like Aliens a little bit more too. I mean, the original Alien is, I mean, it's a cliche to say this, but it's more of a horror movie, you know, than, a, than, a, than an action movie or a sci-fi movie. And um, it takes a while to get going, and I think it is great, but it's... Um, I don't think it's essential, you know, to be on a list like this. Here's where it gets really interesting because there are three movies, speaking of horror, that I just want to lump together. Let's get them all out of the way. One of them is on your list. Once again, extremely thankful. It is not on my list. It missed it out. I think it missed it by two slots. Another one, these next two are not on either of our list. It hurts my soul not to have these movies on my list. Because one of them, I think, is the greatest horror movie ever made. So we've got Texas Chainsaw Massacre that comes in at your number 10, which I'm not going to argue if something falls off to make room for that. We've got Dawn of the Dead, and we've got Halloween. Now, I think Dawn of the Dead is the greatest horror movie ever made. Uh, But I understand also Halloween invented a genre and also was one of the greatest horror movies ever made. And shocker, so is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So it's okay. really difficult. We have to have a horror movie on this list, I feel. Let me give you my initial thoughts. And I, I, I want to eliminate one right off the bat. And this is weird because it's it's the one that's on my top 10 list. Let's eliminate Texas Chainsaw Massacre right off the bat. And I want really? to do that. Yeah. I, I, well, I, if you agree. Uh, because... Because of the vibes. I mean, the Dude, vibe- that's what I'm talking about. There's something so slimy and disturbing and yeah. uncomfortable. Like it is to this day, I can put it on and my skin crawls that, that, that table scene still haunts my dreams. Like the ultimate bad vibes movie. I don't think that's an overstatement. I would agree. And it's so perfect. It's, it's just a beautiful thing to witness. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm okay with just because I love all three. And I think honestly, like it's, it's, it's crazy. None of them are on my list, but you know, it's hard making this list. I'm okay with that. As long as we can maybe find a way to put Don or Halloween on here. Well, I was going to say, I think Texas Chainsaw Massacre might be the greatest of the three, but it's kind of the one I want on the list. The least, like I mentioned, 
you know, Dawn of the Dead, God, you know, Dawn of the Dead, I agree with you, but Dawn of the Dead just doesn't feel enough like a horror movie or like a scary movie, I guess I should say. It's, I don't know. I'll be honest with you, dude. I want Halloween on there. I really do. Well, I'll tell you, we got lucky from a list-making standpoint because Night of the Living Dead missed the 70s by two years and right. The Evil Dead missed the 70s by a year, two years. So right. we got lucky. Um, dude, I, I'm not going to argue like with Halloween. I, Dawn of the Dead is one of my favorites. I, I, do, think it's, I do think it's the perfect horror movie. Um, I understand it doesn't feel horror enough, if that's oh, a good way to explain it, but Halloween is perfect. From from start to finish, it invented a genre. It's the most important horror movie ever made, American horror movie anyway. Um, I got no problem with it being on here. I mean, it, it, plus, like, this is such a stupid thing to say, but it takes place on Halloween. It's called Halloween. Like, it's the the DNA of that movie is it, it's baked into like American and like now world culture. You know what I mean? Like, it's. It's 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 Halloween is even bigger than a movie. You know what I mean? It's like the whole concept of Halloween. I feels like I know that's not true, but it feels like the whole concept of Halloween was birthed with that movie, even though that's obviously not the case. It just. Yeah. Halloween is. Uh, well, what's our list looking at? What's what's the what's the bottom so, end of the list? Because we what I, I think Halloween needs to go a little bit higher than like 10 or nine. Oh, it's funny you say that because I was literally about to say, well, I put it at number 10 and bumped everything else up one. Um, but I'm I'm okay with putting it somewhere else. Right now, we've got our two that I don't think are going to move. Godfather 1 and 2 at number 1. Taxi Driver at number 2. Jaws at 4. Uh, five Easy Pieces at 7. Star Wars at 8. Rocky at 9. Halloween at 10. I'm okay with shuffling them around, but I think we should knock out a couple of more before we start shuffling around our, our lower tier. Okay. I, dude, I think, I, I think I we think should put three Halloween and five at five. Is gonna I'm going to be, be a fight. You want Halloween at number five. Dude, that's what my gut tells me, man. Dude, Halloween is fucking awesome. Okay, I'll put it at number five for now, and then we'll... It's temporary. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've got a couple. Um, so let's talk about a couple... That are also not on my list, but on your list. But let's get into some foreign movies. Now, when I made my list, I originally set out, I even told you this, I'm just going to focus on American movies because this list is going to be overwhelming enough as it is. And then I remembered, I can't do that for one specific reason. So let's talk about these. These are the three movies that are not American on our list. Mine is number six on my list, which is Dursu Uzala. Mm. And then you've got Stalker, which is number three on your list, and Aguirre, which is number five on your list, both of which we've talked about. We've actually talked about Aguirre, I think, within the last couple of months. Um, yeah, this is getting tough now. Um, yeah, I'm we gonna... talked about uh, Aguirre on episode 169. We paired it with uh, Fitzcarraldo. So. Yeah, I, I really want to... I really want all three of these to be on the list. I got to be honest with you. Um, let's take Dursu Uzala because I think it's not on my list, but it, it's kind of an important episode or it's kind of an important. Um, uh, it, it's an important. Um, what am I trying to say? Movie for like our podcast. Remember? Cause we did 
an episode on it. I think we just kind of threw it together in the last minute. And I remember you were so, well, we were both so blown away by it because I had never seen it. It was just a Kurosawa that I'd never gotten around to. And I remember we were just so just blown away. And plus it has that thing that we both like, but especially you, that just kind of male camaraderie, you know? I feel like Dursu Uzala just has to be on our list. Like, even if it didn't... I, I would... Go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, even if it didn't make mine. Like, it didn't make my personal one. I don't know, maybe I wasn't thinking about it, but I feel like it should be on our, our group podcast list, you know? I'm thinking about two things. I'm thinking about rewatchability. I mm-hmm. loved Aguirre when we watched it, my first time watching it. It was fantastic. Fucking amazing. Just everything about it was great. Stalker, I liked, but was really fucking weird. Mm-hmm. But Dursu, I've watched like four times since we've done the episode. And it's got that rewatchability and that kind of warmth to it. But also, I love having it on our top 10 simply because it draws more attention to it. And for anybody listening who maybe you didn't listen to that episode or any of the other dozen episodes where I kept shoehorning it in because I couldn't stop talking <laughs> about it. Um if you missed that or you didn't think enough to watch it, this is your reminder. Like, watch the movie because Kurosawa has more to him than just the perfection of Ran or Throne of Blood or yeah. Seven Samurai. Like, this is a different side to him that you need to to feel and witness so you can get a deeper appreciation for arguably the greatest director to ever do it. You know what, man? Put it at five. Okay. I like that. But I do feel bad because I know you're a huge fan of Aguirre and Stalker. Like, you like those more than me. I'm not sure we need to... Well, okay. Aguirre, Aguirre I'm, I'm less, I'm less uh, kind of bullish about than Stalker. Aguirre, maybe we can let Aguirre fall off, right? Maybe it doesn't deserve a spot in our 10. Because I feel like... I feel like maybe we both admire that movie more than we love it. But what about Stalker? Because Stalker, I feel, God, dude, just that opening with the, I don't know, man. And the concept too, like, like dude, New York city yesterday looked like Stalker outside. Like, like literally, except for instead of yellow, it was orange, you know, like it looked like that post-apocalyptic environment at the beginning. And dude, when the, when the kid moves the glass and I, I just, I don't know, man. What do you think about Stalker? Do you think it, because I really want to be like, you know what, let's kick Star Wars off of here and put Stalker on there. Don't get me wrong. I like Stalker, but rewatchability is just not there for me. So that's why it didn't make my list. Like, I really enjoy it. But also, I don't know, like, if I can make that call, you'll have to, because I am not super well-versed in Tarkovsky. Like, I've only seen a handful of his movies. Like, I, I, I have not seen all of his filmography or even half of his filmography. So let's put Stalker I think at, you've got a deeper appreciation for him. Let's put Stalker at 10 and we'll just see how things fall out. So the question is, what do we want to drop off star Wars or Rocky? Because oh, no, 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 no. I was just, I was going to say behind Rocky and like move, move everything else up. Okay. And then we'll just see how it goes. Well, we've got one big one. That I think you're forgetting about that we both just have such a deep love for. I oh, have no. one that I want to fight for, 
but we only have one slot open as of now. But before we get to the before we get to those the the big one in the fight movie, let's talk about Manhattan because I got to tell you, longtime listeners know you know I got a real mental block against Woody Allen. I don't like his movies. I don't think they're charming. He gets on my fucking nerves. So I am not the person. His movies are not for me. And this has nothing to do with anything outside of art. I'm talking from an artistic perspective. His movies don't connect with me. Um, So I I think I have to say that because I don't know if I can be. I've seen Manhattan once. I don't know if I can be non-biased on this. No, I'm I'm happy to. I'm very happy to concede Manhattan. Um, Because I don't I don't think it belongs in our top 10 because obviously you're not a Woody Allen fan. Um, honestly, I'm not sure it belongs on my top 10 now that we're talking about some of these other movies. So, um, yeah, Manhattan can go. I really like it. I think it's really, really, um, beautiful. The Gordon Willis cinematography is just, I mean, it's just stunning. Um, but it does have Woody Woody Allen courting an underage girl. So, (laughs) so, you know, you take what you can get. Um, yeah, yeah. I didn't know Zach Braff was in it. That's kind of weird. Zach Braff. Yeah, I looked it up because uh, I, he, he pops up. I haven't seen the movie in years. I was going to rewatch it, but I didn't have time. But he pops up in the cast, but I don't know how he could be. Was he even born in 1979? Like, Zach that's really Graff weird to in me. Manhattan? I'm losing my mind right now. He's 48 years old. Does that math even work? I think so. I mean, what is he, a baby? Yeah, was he like a like some dumbass baby trotting around? Are you sure you're not thinking of Manhattan Murder Mystery from 1993? It looks like he's in that. No, he literally popped up under the cast of Woody Allen's Manhattan. It's really weird. Damn. I don't think that's true. I think Google's I think Google's uh, AI is misfiring. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Nobody Allen in the top. Yeah, 10. that was just that was a weird side thing. But it is. I don't think he's in this movie. So Google uh, it made a mistake. That's weird. Anyway, okay, I'm good with that, honestly, just because, uh, yeah, I just, I just don't care for, for that. Um, okay, so we've got, we've got the fight movie that I'm going to push hard for, uh, and we've got the big one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on break. This is number three on my list. I think it is perfection. We have done an episode about it. We have talked about it several times since. That movie is The Conversation. How crazy is it that a movie that a man did in between making two other masterpieces is also a fucking masterpiece. That is mind blowing. God, Coppola, Coppola was really on one during the seventies, man. I mean, I can't even wrap my head around it and I'm not even like a diehard Coppola fan, but there's no denying this. Like yeah. you can't get around it. He, he really was a God there for a few years. Um, Cocaine you know, I'm and fu- drinking just created a God. You know, I'm I'm fine with conversation being on there. It's not, you know, it's not my favorite. Um, I understand it. It's it's greatness, and I really really like it. Um, you know, the reason the conversation kind of falters for me is because when I put it into groups with other like minded movies, like when I put it into groups with Coppola movies, I'm like, okay, well, it's you know, not the Godfather. And I don't think it's as fun as apocalypse now for, well, the first part of apocalypse now. Um, and then when I think about seventies kind of paranoid movies, you know, it's not really my favorite one of those either. Um, 
but I do really love it. It is it is a, it's just a really great movie, and obviously I know you like it a lot. I'm fine with it being on the list completely. Well, let's see where it lands. We'll we'll, we'll now that I know you're open to it, we'll keep it out. Um, because there was another movie that didn't make my top ten, but came damn near close, and uh, it also falls into this category. That is all the president's men. Mm. Um, I think that movie is fantastic. Uh, we actually had a guest on here uh, a few months ago, uh, uh, Dario from uh, from the cinematologist. He's a big fan of this movie, and um, yeah, yeah. Th- this and uh, Clute and Parallax View. You know, all those. The Pacula was was on one too in the seventies with the 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 paranoid thrillers and stuff. Um, but I mean, I just brought it up mainly because I wanted to bring it up. It's not on my list. It's not on your list. I don't know if necessarily it should be on this list, obviously, because neither of us voted for it anyway. I just wanted to bring it up because I think it deserves to be talked about because I do think it gets underrepresented. I think sometimes movies like that, just like with Shawshank Redemption, which I take offense to because Shawshank Redemption is one of my favorite movies, they get called like fucking dad movies, you know? Yeah. And it's like, no, these movies, I don't give a shit. Like if you... I don't, I don't, I can't help your dad likes the movie. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I, can't I can't help it that TNT plays Shawshank Redemption at, at 45 times a year, you know? So I can't help it. Your dad likes the movie and you don't like your dad. Like I, I can't help those things, <laughs> you know? Um, But I think all the president's men also suffers from the subject matter. Cause it feels like, it feels like it's a period piece. Like it's like, Oh yeah, well that was a very influential movie in the seventies. And it's like, nah, 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 that shit holds up. Like it, the, the, the era that, that paranoia feeling, you know, some of those seventies movies really fucking nailed that, you know, like in a really, really strong way. And all the president's men is one of them. Um, you know, conversation, I'm going to be honest. I would probably pick all the president's men over the conversation, but since you have a strong, strong preference for the conversation, and I think if it's in our top 10, it could represent the kind of 70s paranoid thriller, especially if we don't have another one on there. So I'm I'm more than okay with it. Look, I'm sorry. It's insane that you would say all the president's men over the conversation, but that's okay. We can just ignore that and just talk about the final movie from my list because that will you know, you, you concede it on days of heaven. So I feel like as a, as a gesture of, of goodwill towards that, I'm going to end up having to drop this one. But Clockwork Orange, it's one of my favorite movies. I think it's hands down one of the best, one of the best movies of the seventies. When I made my list and sent it to you originally, you were like, what about Clockwork Orange? I, for some reason, cannot explain this to anyone. I always think Clockwork Orange came out in 1969. No explanation for why that is. So <laughs> when I made this list, I left it off because I was like, fuck, it's dated out. Then you pointed out it wasn't. So obviously it's on my list. Um, I know you're not a big fan of the vibes or just this movie in general in terms of just a good time. It's not really one you're going to throw on. So what do you think? I mean, you know, ultimately, I'm going to leave it up to you. But, dude, I I, <laughs> I, I, I genuinely don't like Clockwork Orange. Um, you know, I, 
the problem here's the problem with clockwork orange right and and you know you know this and listeners know i'm not a big fan of like quote unquote taking down the classics right like you know doing a drive-by and be like susan gain's boring or whatever that being said though i do think that there is a coherent argument for uh stanley kubrick's artistry being like kind of hollow and non-human and and whatever and i kind of object to his artistic stance or artistic project that that his career has has done you know I, like i guess i i i i i don't respect or um appreciate his a- aesthetic viewpoint um i get why people like his movies but i I think I have a well-reasoned reason for not beyond I just don't like it. And I think that applies to all of his movies, even the ones that I like, right? I think 2001 Space Odyssey is like kind of uh, aesthetically or or kind of like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I I think it's kind of, yeah, I guess aesthetically maybe bankrupt, even though I do think it's a great movie in a way. Um yeah. Anyways, that being said, Clockwork Orange for me is the worst of both worlds. I completely do not respect his artistic project and his artistic goals in that movie. And I also happen to really dislike it. <laughs> so Okay, so this is the second movie that I love that's also based on a fantastic book. But that's okay. That's okay. I was prepared for this. Hold so, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. But let me say, let me say it's different. One for the cuckoo's nest, it's just not my vibes or whatever. Clockwork Orange is different. Clockwork Orange is like, well, I, I don't respect it and I don't like it. <laughs> so okay. it's like, it's a degree of, I, I guess what I'm saying is it's, it's beyond just like, man, not my vibes. So do with that information what you will. If you want to squeeze it on a number 10, you know, Godspeed. However, I think as a being as objective as I can be, I don't think it belongs on a top 10 of the seventies list that is attributable to both of us. If that makes sense. Perfect sense. I'm fine with it. I'll concede it. You conceded the days of heaven. So I'm fine. I don't like the vibe of having the conversation on here when you're not a fan of it. And I don't want all the president's men on here because I don't think it's as good. So I have a plan for this. There are two movies. There are two movies that I kept off the list that I would fight really fucking hard for. And one of them is Network, and the other is The French Connection. We need a 10th movie to round this list out, and I don't feel good about Clockwork Orange. That's next. I don't feel good about One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and I don't feel good about The Conversation. So I am nominating Network or French Connection. I will say this. Network is a great movie. I admittedly have not seen it in a while. Um, Probably the last time you watched it was when we did an episode about it. We did a we did an episode, I think, last year with a guest. You know what? You're right. That is the last time I've seen it. Um, so, yeah, it feels like it's been a while. I guess it hasn't been that long. It's, I mean, it's been over a year. Yeah. I don't know. French Connection feel like I watched that movie two weeks ago and man, is it a banger. So, I mean, I dude, I love French Connection. Um, I feel good about that, honestly, because I, I brought Network up because I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of him. I'm a big fan of the movie. But French Connection, no flaw. 
Like it's it's yeah. it's once again another fucking movie from from one of the best actors to ever do it who doesn't get enough credit, Gene Hackman. Like the guy, yeah. it's just it's God mode. So question that's is where good, do we put it? That's a good point. If we if we take a, or if we don't put on conversation, then at least we have another at least we have a Gene Hackman movie. That's a really good point. Um right now the it, only slot open is number three. Um Wait, let me say one last thing. The uh, the, um, uh, the it's also representative. French Connection is representative of um, what do you call it? The like seventies gritty uh, cop movie. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, um, yeah. Serpico, you know things like that. Um, Bad Lieutenant. Um, Serpico so was I, really hard not to have, not to bring up. Like I really fought with myself over that. Dude, I haven't seen Serpico in forever. I should rewatch that. Um, but yeah, I, I'm fine with this being... Before we get into the numbering, because I do think we might have landed on our top 10, um, let me just shout out a couple of more movies. I know they're not going to be on the list, but I want to shout them out because I I think they're kind of really... Um, just really huge uh, artistic achievements. Um, just three in succession, really quick. One of them is uh, The Mirror which is another Tarkovsky movie. Um, a lot of people say it's his best work. It's not my favorite work, but it is a, a staggering artistic achievement and also probably his most inscrutable work. He basically, uh, we, we've done an episode on it, but we didn't really talk about it a whole lot when we did our Tarkovsky episode. It's, it's basically retelling his retelling events of Russian history alongside uh, tales of his own life. Um, do you remember this movie at all? Do you have any feelings about it? I do remember it and I remember liking it. Um, but I don't remember, I, I don't remember specifics. I haven't seen it in forever. Yeah. I just wanted to shout it out. Another one that, that, that would probably be on most people's top 10 of the seventies list or most cinephiles, Barry Lyndon. Um, I'm, I'm, Barry Lyndon is a, a good Stan- call out. Yeah. I, I'm not a, I'm not a Stanley Kubrick fan, but the, the visual achievement that he does in Barry Lyndon is really outstanding. He, he makes a whole movie that looks like a, that looks like a classical painting which is really something when you think about it. Um, and the third one, the last one I'll mention is Amarcord. Um, You know, Fellini has kind of fallen out of favor, I feel like, but Amarcord is, is maybe the least dated of all his movies. It's just kind of a warm remembrance of his, um, of his boyhood and kind of the, um, uh, the people that he grew up around in this small Italian town. Um, I love it. I think it's a, it's, I think it's a warm, it's probably one of my favorite Fellini movies. Um, and it's, it's just this nice warm hug of a movie and the kind of movie that he really never made again. And so I think that, uh, definitely deserves a shout out, but, um, but yeah, that's it. I just wanted to shout out those three because those are, those are some real towering achievements that, that neither of us mentioned. And I think it's fine that we didn't mention them. Yeah. I mean, there, don't get us wrong guys. Like there are so many movies we we could have done a three hour episode and just talked about for me that the fucking almost 20 movies that didn't make my list. Like there are so many movies that are just fantastic out of the seventies that it was difficult. So if we missed some of your favorites or if we missed a big one, you know, it just didn't make the cut for us. But I mean, the seventies is just such an amazing decade of movies that I honestly did not realize how amazing it was until I sat down to make this list. And then I was like, this is hard. Like, and a, a good, a good, a good decade for America too, American cinema as well. Like when you said, I remember originally you said, um, 
you know, we should just do American movies. And I was like, no, we should do foreign movies too. And then I was like, well, how many foreign movies would be on my top 10 or top 20? Not that many. You know, you've got the big Tarkovsky movies. You got Fellini that I mentioned. You got Jean Delmond, but like really American cinema really kind of took back the mantle um, that kind of European art house cinema had in the sixties. And it was just such a big year for American movies, really kind of a golden age almost. So where are we like in terms of listing, we have number three open. I would be fine. I would not argue if French connection went there, but if we want to move something up and put French connection lower, I'm fine with that too. What else we got? What else we got on the, so uh, we know the first two and then we've got jaws is four. Dursu Uzala at five Halloween at six, five easy pieces at seven star Wars at eight Rocky at nine stalker at 10. And also I'm going to make a change. I'm also going to say for nine, let's just do it. We did it with Godfather one and two. Nine is Rocky one and two. Okay. Let's, uh, let's do Jaws number three, man. What do you think about that? Oh, I'm totally fine with that. I mean, French French connection. It deserves being that high. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if it wasn't for the fact that three of the greatest movies ever made, also came out that decade, Jaws would be number one. I mean, yeah, I like I like Jaws at number three, and then uh, what do you think, Dursu at four, dude? I would be okay with French Connection at four. Oh, like, oh I, I forgot about French Connection. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love, and then honestly, I love the rest of this list. Dursu is right in the middle, and then we've got uh, we've got some nickels in representation with five easy pieces, which I'm totally fine with that over Cuckoo's Nest. We've got some Tarkovsky. I mean, we've got a little bit of everything on our top 10 of the 70s silver screen video edition. Let's uh, let's make a couple of adjustments, though. You said Halloween is a six, right? Yes. Number of the devil, right? It should be at number six. Perfect. Um, yes. Seven is. Uh, number seven is five easy pieces. Okay. How would you feel about bumping stalker up to eight? and bumping Rocky up to nine and then closing out the list with star Wars. Oh, I'm fine with that. Cause I feel like, I feel like Tarkovsky can't be behind Rocky and star Wars. I just feel like that's almost disrespectful. And then I mean, I'm okay Ro- with it, but, <laughs> <laughs> and then we got Rocky at nine and star Wars at 10 star Wars is just, you know, it's kind of a cliche to have it on there, but it's just like, it's just poking its head out the bottom. You know, we're not, we're not star Wars freaks over here, but we recognize it. You know, it was a great movie. Yeah, and honestly, well, to, to go back to Tarkovsky real quick, the only reason I don't probably feel as strongly about Stalker as as you do is because I watched Andrei Rublev as my first Tarkovsky movie, and that pretty much set the bar so high because um, <laughs> it's my favorite one I've watched of his thus far. So, Dude, Andrei Rublev is so sick, man. I love that movie. That, that's my number one Tarkovsky, too. And the only reason, like, I obviously, like a lot of people, Empire would be on here instead of Star Wars, but it missed it by one year, obviously. So it came right. out in that's, 1980. No, that's a good observation. Um, so. All right. So you want to hear Let's Let's hear it one more time. Our, the, I think we've narrowed it down, dude. I think it's this is the official this is video it. top 10 of the 70s list. And I'm going to go ahead and say it. This was harder for me than the top 10 Western, which says a lot. So. Oh, interesting. Well, a lot more to choose from, too. That's true. Yeah. Godfather 1 and 2 at 1. 
Taxi Driver at 2, Jaws at 3, French Connection at 4, Dursu Solid 5, which is perfect for Dursu because I feel like he represents the best of us right in the middle. Mm. He's, he's the, the median, right? He wouldn't want to be too much higher. Yeah, yeah. He would say, no, Capitan. Now I want to go right. watch Dursu again, which I might. Uh, number <laughs> six is Halloween. Seven is Five Easy Pieces. Eight is Stalker. Nine is Rocky One and Two. Ten is Star Wars. It really hurts to not have Clockwork Orange, but I understand why it's not on here. Sometimes there are just concessions that need to be made for our joint list, just like with days of heaven for you. So look, man, I would, I would love to be the type of person who could be like, yeah, man, clockwork orange is sick, but dude, like it just, it's, it's like Stanley Kubrick, like got into my head and made a movie that just, you know, that, that would just designed to get on my last nerve and to annoy me, you know? Um, maybe one I, day I'll wake up and, and be like, Oh my God, it's a masterpiece. You know? Yeah, I don't know because I do think it's a masterpiece. So, hey, look, you're obviously I'm in the minority here. You know, like it's a lot of people like it. You know, it's more power to you. Once again, for our listeners who have never read the book, but you like the movie, it is worth it to read the book. The book is fantastic. So, yeah, you yeah. See, you actually you you know a lot more uh, about obviously Clockwork Orange and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I've never read either of those books. Yeah, I just I, I I watched the movies first and loved them. So then I decided to read the books. I actually own both of them. I've I've, I've only read them once, but I I just there was something great about them. Actually, just talking about them makes me want to read them again, just because both of them are pretty easy reads. They're not long books. So God, you know, the only thing I've ever done that with is Game of Thrones, where I've read the book after I watched the you know the movie or TV show. I get that. I tried it with Lord of the Rings, but I got through like the first book and my ADD was like, fuck this. Let's go watch the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's once you watch the movie, it's like, you know, the book kind of it's kind of boring. You Sometimes know? I felt like I was reading the fucking Bible, which brought me back to childhood. And I was like, this is boring. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do this. Yeah. So anyway, guys, that is our top 10 official 70s silver screen video movie list. I think the words oh. were a little off in that, but. Actually, let me let me let me uh, let's close on a down note because this is a silver screen video after all. <laughs> um, okay, I like it. Yeah, one thing one thing that's uh, you know what number is uh, French Connection number four on our list? Number four. Yeah. Yeah, this has been in the news lately. Maybe you guys have seen it. Um, Disney uh, owns the French Connection, and you may be thinking. Well, that's weird. That's not a Disney movie. And you're right. It's not. It's a 20th Century Fox movie. But since Disney bought the Fox Corporation, it now owns that. Uh, it owns, <laughs> trying not to not to tear my hair out as I say this, it owns uh, Sunrise, for example. You know, owns a lot of great movies uh, over there at the, those good old folks at Disney. And they've taken it upon themselves uh, to edit out about six or seven seconds of dialogue from the French connection. Uh, and so from what I understand, maybe the information may change, but from what I understand, basically the only digital copy of the movie um, is that version, right? This is the version that you can rent off Amazon. It's the version that is streaming on the criterion channel. And I'm, I'm surprised about that because normally criterion is pretty, uh, uh, you know, they, they look out for that kind of thing. Um, and, 
that's <laughs> I don't need to tell you if you're listening to this podcast, that's bad. Um, apparently the only way you can really um watch it is if you get the uh Blu-ray that was put out before Disney bought Fox. But once that Blu-ray goes out of print, um I don't know where you're going to be able to buy a copy of it. And that's really bad. That that that's and you know, French Connection is a movie that won Best Picture. It is a old Hollywood classic at this point. Um, and Disney just fucking cut out seven seconds of it because uh, the gritty 70s New York cop is saying something racist, which, you know, seems a bit realistic to me. But uh, I don't know what else to say other than this is what this new era of streaming is taking from us. It it, it actually is taking, right? It's not, oh, it's it's... It's not as convenient or, oh, it's not as fun as going to Blockbuster. No, no, no. It's taking the art form away from you and me, right? It's taking it away from us. And that's really bad. And the only thing I, I don't have any really words of consolation other than, I don't know, man, maybe, maybe unsubscribe to Disney plus or something. I, I don't know. I mean, what do you, what do you really say? You know, buy, buy physical media seems to be th- things a lot of people are saying. And I guess that's true, but not everybody has the money to buy everything on physical media, but I guess do it if you can, you know, I I don't know if there's a takeaway from this other than this shit fucking sucks. (laughs) I mean, I I don't know. There there is no good takeaway from it. Like the only thing I could say is buy the movie. Like, yeah, buy the movie. It's like 13 bucks on Amazon, but I mean, I'm not surprised by this news. I wasn't surprised when I read it. I won't be surprised by the uh, numerous changes that are also be following this because that's the world we live in. You know, not to be, you know, we we kind of open with a joke, but it's also real. Like, they're literally getting rid of random books in Florida. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a real thing, and this this is this is art. This is censoring art because they don't like what's being said. It's a fucking problem. Fuck Disney Plus. I don't have them. Fuck Disney in general. But yeah, man, it sucks. I will actually. I did think of a positive takeaway. Um... Uh, while you were talking, there is, I guess, a little bit of a positive takeaway. You know, much worse than this has happened before. Uh, when Turner Classic Movies first came out, Ted Turner, uh, who owned, I guess, I don't know what it was called, Turner Media or something. I don't know. Um, he decided that he wanted to colorize. And any, any any old heads like us will remember this. He decided he wanted to make all the old black and white movies uh, in color. Uh, and like... <laughs> That means like it's a wonderful life, Casablanca, literally going in and like like changing the colors and making them like in full color. And as you can expect, it looked bad and people thought it was bad. And eventually there was enough outcry. And this is pre-social media, right? There were people writing letters, there was people canceling their cable, there was an outcry, and he stopped. You know what I mean? So I mean, maybe if um people cause enough of a of a of a you know, uh, firestorm online every time some shit like that, ha- this happens, maybe, you know, people won't do it anymore. Um, maybe they will, but maybe they won't. It's happened before, right? Ted Turner ended up stopping it. Cause he was like, Oh, everybody fucking hates this that I tried to colorize. It's a wonderful life. I guess it's a bad idea. Um, so, you know, it's happened before and maybe it can happen now. You know, that's, I, mean, I guess maybe that's a, a little bit of, a little bit of hope, you know, if, if 150,000 people cancel their Disney plus subscription, maybe Disney will be like, Oh, 
now we won't censor movies for no good goddamn reason. Um, uh, so, yeah. yeah, sure. I'm sure that'll work. I mean, it's you know, <laughs> like it's happened before. You know what I mean? I, 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 mean, I, I have, agree. Yeah, no, I, I think so. we only have history to judge. I mean, I'm as pessimistic as anybody, but it's it. You know, at a certain point, just like the Bud Light thing, right? I mean, it did affect their bottom line, and they did stop with the trans stuff. There's no reason why that. There's no reason why that can't work in the favor of the good as opposed to the bad. You know. Um, well, so yeah. I'll thank you for the listeners. Uh, thanks for bringing up a downer after a great episode of making a list. So we appreciate hey, it. Hey man, maybe, maybe, maybe we'll get, maybe we'll convince 10 people to uh, cancel their Disney plus subscription. And then that's, uh, then we've done some good in the world. You know? That's true. It's true. But guys, we are glad to be back. It was unfortunate to have to miss last week. Um, but anyway, we really enjoyed this. Hope you guys like it too. Hit us up with some of your favorites. Tell us what we missed. Tell us what you would have changed, you know. Uh, hit us up on Twitter and uh, let us know. But do you have anything to add that's not depressing before we get out of here? <laughs> well, I guess we won't talk about my diagnosis then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, folks. That was a joke. No, I don't have anything to add. Let's wrap it up. Okay, well, guys, uh, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll see you next week at the Silver Screen Video. Yeah.